Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello everyone and welcome to another Experts Podcast. Hello, Carmel. Hi, uh, Carmen. Carmen. It's still Carmen. No, yeah, no, I was going to well, get Carmel, Carmen, but I went Carmen. <laughs> hey, um, Hi, Nick. How, how are you? You're doing all right. I'm, I'm feeling the need. Things have been tough. Are you feeling the need for speed? <laughs> it's, been, it's been that kind of week. Is that the right movie reference? Yeah, that is. Good. That is. Top Gun. Top Relief. Top <laughs> Relief. Top Gun. Joe, get your name out right. Yeah. Hey, um, to, this is all about Top Gun. Top it, Gun 2. It's Top Gun week. Uh, the screenings have been going on around the country. The PR has been huge for this movie. Uh, if you've been to see any preview screenings or in the world of the podcast, you've been and seen the movie at the flicks, you'll know that even Tom is doing unprecedented things to promote this film. He has. And there is a bloke, there is a bloke in Australia that is our top gun. <laughs> All it's right. our Tom Cruise. He is our Tom Cruise. In fact, he incredibly looks a lot like him. Does he? It, yeah, no. Nah, need, need to Google this bloke. <laughs> it's Christian Bakukas. He Bakukas. He is Australia's. See, I'm butchering everyone's name today. Um, he is our Top Gun. He goes by the call sign Boo Boo uh, Boo. This is Tower. Are you in? Hello, mate. How are you? Thanks so much for having me on the show. Carmen, call sign Carmel. Uh, it's uh, that's what we go. Lovely to have the opportunity to meet you. <laughs> Sounds like it is my new call sign. I'm oh. going to cop Carmel as my call sign. She did it. This she, we, we had we had an episode last week. It was the week before. You mm. know, making mistakes in media and yeah. don't get my name wrong. And I here, did I, say that. here I am kicking it off the show. <laughs> uh, Boo, great to have you on the show. Is there a bigger or better week to have a far a fighter pilot on the show? On Top Gun, Top Gun Week, Top Gun Two, the announcement at the the launch of the show, what what kind of moment is it for you? It's a one in thirty six year moment, mate. Uh, is the reality of it? <laughs> it's been a long time since the first Top Gun. Uh, look, it's just great to to see the profession uh, back on the big screen. You know, it's it's a fantastic career stream. Uh, it just gives you so much uh, being a fighter pilot. Not only your career as a fighter pilot, but what you can do with it afterwards. And I think it's just a, a great celebration of, of the men and women that do this job day in day out. Very small group of people, very, very small group of people. And given the secrecy behind uh, what we do and the national interest, and it, it's hard to kind of spread the word. It's, it's nice for people to get uh, an insight. And the movie is, you know, surprisingly uh, on point with the way it represents oh. fighter pilot life. Now, Boo, call sign Boo, uh, 25 years in the aviation industry as a, as a fighter pilot, right? As you hinted there, it's an elite thing and that's why you've gone on to become a, a speaker around a elite performance and that's a really cool way to, to share that inspiration with the rest of us. The movie does the same thing and I've got a pilot in the family who tells me that movie really, you know, set up his aspirations for flying. Did it do the same thing to you, Top Gun, as a kid? Yeah, look, it certainly put fuel onto a existing fire. Uh, I uh, I was very lucky to connect with what I feel was my life's purpose to become a fighter pilot as a as a really young kid around five uh, five six years of age. Mm. 
Mm. When uh, I went to my first air show and watched these incredible machines fly past, fly over the top, the noise, the smells, the the fighter pilots in their suits and all the shiny patches, helmets, you name it. It was like a, it was like watching real life Star Wars. And and I think <laughs> that visceral feeling, you know, the the the, the ability to have that wash over you, I, I kind of, as I reflect back on life now, it, it kind of connects me with what living your life purpose is really about. And that feeling of wanting to be something rather than thinking about it, just knowing, uh, drove you know the next. Uh, 15 years of my life uh, until I managed to land myself in the cockpit of an aircraft. Love it. Don't think. Of just a fighter do. aircraft. Yeah, wow. You know, it as a film and Top Gun 1, I mean, the, 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 the original, and it, it was one of the greatest promotional movies, I, I would say propaganda movies, yeah. to get people into the armed forces, particularly uh, the naval aviators that were in that particular case. Mm. But uh, everyone benefited from that. Um, I, I, I'll put my hand up and say, look, I, I was inspired by it. I, I, I felt like, you know, there was this call and drive to do it. But it, it, is, it comes from just the beauty of, I suppose, the romanticism of what is an, a, a seen as a, a, a career path that is so elite and so, and, and so few people do it. Is, is there any truth to any of that, Boo, as far as like what you experienced as a, as a fighter pilot? Yeah, you don't at the at the time from the minute that you're recruited to the minute you're a fighter pilot, and then as you're you're, you're earning your trade the next three or four years, it's so it's so fast, and the increments of improvement uh, are so small but consistent that by the time you you take a breath and you look back and go, oh, this is this is what I've been doing. It's it's been an enormous amount of life, and I think it's a great testament to the systems that are in place and the way that the military trains fighter pilots to. To just go on that journey, and it is it, it is a journey. And now, as I look back on it, yeah, you know, there's so many lessons uh, to be pulled out of that. And it's a it's an expensive program, so fifteen million dollars or thereabouts to train a single wow. fighter pilot, which is which is something a, a business just can't afford to to do. Yeah, on on top of that, it's a high consequence environment. We learn about performance because you know, over a long period of time, a, a lot of fighter pilots didn't come home. Uh, due to due to mistakes and not just in combat. So so over time, when you have these consequences for your performance, it's not just losing a few bucks or having a your investment portfolio drop down by 20 percent or interest rate. It's it's you know real people, real families, real lives, in, which they touch on in the movie. I think in in a really uh, poignant way. Uh, you w- w- what you um, what you learn is that from a performance model, there's nothing that compares to it. And I've had the opportunity to, to work within the high-performance sports uh, realm in Australia with uh, the NRL, Australian Olympics Committee, uh, Institute of Sport, uh, as well as investment houses and law firms and organisations that would consider themselves high-performance. And globally, mm. when you look at the global movement of fighter pilots within the afterburner universe, you know, 19, 17, 18, 19 uh, NFL teams, you know, of which a number of them have gone on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, and all of them credit fighter pilot mindset and thinking to, to changing the way they view performance. So could that be a potential inaccuracy of the Top Gun storyline, is that Maverick's just out there lingering, still flying fighter planes when he really probably should have joined the speaker circuit? Well, look, I'm sure Tom Cruise didn't need to join the speaker circuit. Uh, given <laughs> no, his, Maverick, uh, Maverick, Maverick, not Tom. Oh, look, Maverick, Maverick's just too, he's too 
hardcore. You know, he's the epitome of the fighter pilot. And, and yeah, it, it highlights a unique element of being a fighter pilot. There's a lot of processes, a lot of systems, but we do allow a creative side to come out. And, and you look oh, at, yeah. you know, we're not as maverick as maverick. And if you look at the difference between the two movies, he's, while he breaks the rules a little bit here, he's not quite as bad as he used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always exploring those, those gray areas. And again, it's another area in business, in life, people aren't good at exploring the grey area. When it's when it's grey, people say no rather than saying it's grey. I'm going to take a risk and increase my performance here or do something that's never been done before. But when you're successful, the way he is, people come along for the journey and say, "Well, you know, he took a risk, he got it done, and clearly it works. So here you go, here's your job." Uh, so there's some of those little takeaways which I, I think most people wouldn't really lock into with all the other noise and everything happening in the movie. Mm. Uh, it's a great, it's just a great example of, hey, you know, take a, just take a bit of a risk, have a step outside your comfort zone. Um, and, and by doing that, you'll be surprised at what you've got left in the tank. Yeah, get out of the comfort zone, get into the danger zone. That's what you need to do. I love it. Or love it. Now, uh, Boo, we need to talk about the media for this week. And obviously, as you've uh, highlighted there, Carmel, I like Code Sign Carmel. Oh, don't do this if, to if me. I do, if I do this all, all show, will you go? I prefer Goose, frankly. <laughs> all right, Goose. <laughs> now, um, uh, it, it is unique. This is an opportunity. The, the media for this week, it, uh, it is a, a time where it looks, this only happens every, what, 30-odd years, 36 like you said, years? yeah, once in 36 years. Um, what's the media been like for a, a, a former fire, fighter pilot getting out there talking about what the real life, what the real life Maverick, what the real life Top Gun's been like? I imagine you've been a bit busy this week. Oh, it's been a busy week in the media, absolutely. The uh, Most people probably don't know where to find a fighter pilot, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> You can't, you know, you can't look them up in the phone book. Uh, so, um, it's, yeah, and, and for me, uh, one of the things we don't do very well as fighter pilots is tell our story. It's not something we're trained to do. We're, we're, we're kind of trained to be invisible, right? So mm. the, the opportunity to get out in the media and, and share a journey of, of what a fighter pilot's life is like uh, has just been fantastic. Uh, and, and I'm look. <laughs> I'm a super open and candid human being. You know, it's a being, being a fighter pilot's a human endeavour like anything else. So, the, the chance to get into the mainstream media uh, on the national uh, broadcasters, whether it's Today or Sunrise, uh, on the, the Triple M, the radio stations, like it's it has been an amazing opportunity. I, I just consider myself the custodian of what hundreds of men and women do, fly these things. But to tell that story at scale is a, is an incredible opportunity. I'm so glad I've had that opportunity uh, to do so. What's been the most common question you've had from us humble broadcasters? <laughs> oh, I think it's always, you know, how fast do you go? What does pulling G feel like? Uh, well, mostly it's it's around the experience. And I think people like to kind of, validate whether the movie is real or not because there's some phenomenal flying sequences in the movie. Yeah. Like there's, and, and it really shows how the fighter pilot pushes these platforms all the way to their limits to, to get the job done. You know, if you, to be successful, you just have to go that extra mile. Uh, and, you, and you see that, whether it's pulling G and the blood draining out of your head and nearly going unconscious, you know, your, your, the, the weight of your body crushing all your internal organs or 
just the, the panic and intensity of working in an unknown environment and enemy aircraft flying around, missiles getting shot at you. Most of what you see in that movie, you can find real live versions of that on YouTube where yeah. real fighter pilots um, are avoiding real missiles and real combat. And that, to me, is where I think they did, a, did an amazing job. They didn't take too many liberties with that. Uh, they, they made it real. So most of the questions within the media are, what does it feel like? And yeah. was was the movie like real or not? Uh, and the, the answer to that is unequivocally yes, like 90% where it needs to be. It's, it was a very accurate representation. Because Tom Cruise does take sort of quite, you know, great pride in, in really trying mm. to represent an authentic, real experience because he, he goes into a massive amount of training beforehand and he, you know, he, he, I mean, he's not just a superstar. He really does. Could he actually be a fighter pilot himself? Is he is he skilled or is he, you know, is he trained well enough to potentially head down that pathway? I'm sure he could be. It's you know, it's um, you, you've got to have a few fundamentals to be a fighter pilot. You've got to be able to see. You've got to be reasonable con- condition, and your brain has to be able to process things at speed and have good reflexes. There's a few, a few things that can be out of people's control. You just, you just are or you or you are not. But if you're generally, you know, one of the things that most fighter pilots have in common is they're not really outstanding in anything. They're a jack of all trades. And I'd say given what Tom does, Tom Cruise does in movies, you would say he's a bit of a jack of all trades. And sure. he's such a, a motivated, driven, focused person, which is something all fighter pilots have in common. If he lent into it, and that's what he wanted to be, Look, man, I'm sure Tom Cruise could be anything you want to be. Yeah. Probably the president of the United States if he really wants to be. <laughs> he could not have that job. Yeah. Yeah. He still might get it. He still <laughs> might get it. Now there were some records broken this week, and I've got to just raise them, mm. calms, because um, I believe that this is the first time outside an international rock star or a, a federal politician that uh, a talent has appeared on both Channel 7, Sunrise, and mm. Channel 9's Today Show in consecutive days. There's an unwritten rule in media that you do not use the same talent yeah. or the same story. It, it doesn't just apply to TV. It's even on radio. Yeah, I hear that. Even in print. And you're right, unless it's a rock star. Like unless a total, genuine Paul McCartney's in town. Everybody's got their Paul McCartney chat this week. And, and, and you almost have and to go to the level oh, of Paul McCartney. It has to be like that. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, so, you go, nah, pass. So, Boo, I believe we have Channel 7. You were up and uh, you took Mark Beretta up in the in a flight on uh, Wednesday. And today you're on with Carl and Ali on the Today Show. You've just broken a record. <laughs> Mate, uh, certainly no rock star. Uh, that's, for, that's for certain. But I think it's more of a function of the, the, there's just not many fighter pilots. And you know, there's, 400 trained in the last 40 years. and yep, well, There's only six trained in the year I was trained. Most of them are still flying fighter jets or in an airline, living a living a very successful, quiet life. I, I was probably the only one that, uh, that flapped the gums a bit more than the rest of them and, and stepped into the storytelling role. Uh, so I think it's a... <laughs> I think it's just a matter of there's not there's not many uh, not many of us around to have a, have these sort of conversations with. Let's dive into that story again, if if I may. Let's go back a little bit. You talked about the journey toward becoming a fighter pilot. What do the parents say when Boo comes home and says, uh, "I'm going to go off and fly"? Well, I don't think they called him Boo. I reckon no? they would have called him Christian. Or, Christian yeah. comes home and says, "Christian, yeah. what I'm are you Christian, doing?" Christian, normally, yeah. Uh, look, mum and for my mum and dad, they. They, I never had to say that. They, that was just what I was. So mm. they never. There was never a question about it. Uh, they supported everything I needed to do to become a fighter pilot. 
on school holidays or any spare time, I would just phone up a squadron out on a base in, uh, at, at Amberley or, or Wil- Williamtown, Newcastle, and I'd just go and hang out with the pilots, even as a 14-year-old, just to immerse myself in that environment. And this is the thing about purpose, right? You, people who are purposeful or really want something, they just do all the extra miles. Even getting on the media, it's all about extra miles and chipping away and and putting your best self forward. Nothing ever happens by magic. Uh, it's it's all a result of focused effort or, in, to, to coin a military phrase, the concentration of firepower. Uh, and so, so for, for me, it was every decision, everything I did was always motivated by getting one of those coveted seats. Because uh, a lot of people apply to you know, be a fighter pilot, particularly in my era, because it was the Top Gun era. Uh, so it was fairly, fairly competitive, but I was very, very driven to make sure that uh, you know, I had the opportunity to uh, get, get myself, get my butt in, in one of those airplanes. And any setbacks along the way, Boo? Well, the biggest setback for me was I was medically discharged. So after 11 years, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. So the flame was extinguished. Uh, so there, that's, uh, I guess, 15 years of life purpose, 11 years of living it, and then whipped out from underneath you. So I had to jump out from uh, the Air Force into the business world and made the probably somewhat unique decision to go and set up a business in Afghanistan, uh, which was uh, to help. Uh, aid agencies you know, re- with rebuilding projects and fortunately a little bit like being the only fighter pilot that uh, can do media in Australia we were the only company that could uh, help the UN do what we were doing so we made ourselves uh, a, a valuable organisation by being unique um, and that company went uh, went really well and grew and then it was into hotels and building hotels and then it was into publishing and now it's you know, on Afterburner and speaking around the fighter pilot mindset or me personally speaking about deep performance but for me everything is you know, it's about surpassing expectations. And to go to your point, Nick, we just did that, right, on the media. We just surpassed mm. the average expectation. So so to me, that's normal. That's our job, right? If we're going to do something, let's do it a little bit above average. What is it about that mindset that you have? Is it Was it trained into you or was it something that you learned along the way? Because I think that's what you do with the current work that you, you're in your talking, your leadership, and, and, and you're up and about talking human behaviour and performance. Is it is it trained or is it innate? It's trained uh, to the point that it just the way your brain is literally is rewired differently, uh, and this is the this is the cut through you know we get with our programs when we come inside a business. It's just a completely unique way of thinking, but very logical way of thinking. Like, and that's the the beauty of the programs is. No one sits there and goes, oh, that's a bit left field. It's like, oh, actually, that's pretty simple and straightforward. Why don't we do it that way? Yeah. Uh, and that's because in a world of fighter pilots where everything's fast moving, it's complex, it's hostile, you'll see in the movie like the intensity of the cockpit environment. So you have to learn to think differently to handle all of that because mm. you can't um and ah, you can't have a committee meeting, we can't sit down and discuss <laughs> it. Let me, let me just ponder how I'm going to respond to this missile uh, and we'll get back to you next week. Uh, you, you, you've got to be biased, this bias towards action and you know that you, know, you, you don't always make perfect decisions and things don't always work, but if you break down the ponderous decision-making cycle of business, which works on a quarterly, you know, monthly basis, yes. where, where a lot of big decisions are made. If you break that down in lots of little decisions every day, I call it the small wins. All these little small wins add up to the big win at the end, which is what you're actually trying to achieve, rather than, you know, it's human nature just to create noise. You know, that's what we do. We, we create, you know, snowflakes rather than a snowman. Uh, so, so the fighter pilot mindset is about, hey, we've got 
we've got to work as a team. We've got to get something done. If we all agree that this is the simplest way of working together, anyone got any issues with it? No, right. So let's just crunch the data and information through the way we think, and that will turn into purposeful actions. And, and that's the key, really. It's, it's been able to – the mindset is to be able to answer a simple question, which is, what is the point of what I'm about to do? Is it going to deliver me an outcome that enhances my life or enhances this product launch or enhances where I'm trying to get to? If not, don't do it. Uh, so, so we work in a, in a you know, everything is a hell yes. Make this decision, hell, or I don't know, but I'm going to make a decision and then reassess it rather than make no decision. So okay, but it, I yeah, can, I can hear that there's yeah wonderful mindset based um, strategies there, a lot of logic. But the fact is, after 15 years, I think you said medically discharged due to something completely out of your control. Autoimmunity sucks. I know so many Australians, including myself, suffer with it. So. There must have been a moment when you're pretty pissed off that your dream career was taken away from you. How did you navigate the emotions that went with that? Uh, we're equipped as fighter pilots with this concept of the emotion on-off switch. And uh, when you make decisions, you put the emotion switch off. And then once the decision's made, you can you can have them again. You don't want to be a robot, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think like anything in life, uh, apart from a car crash or something completely out of the blue – most bad news is like it's on its way. So there's a, in, in particular with autoimmune disease, you, you're, there's already something going on. Sure. You just don't know what it is. Yeah. And then when it when it happens, you're like, oh, well, that sucks. Uh, I can't do anything about it. And, and fighter pilot mindset is, if you can't control something, find something you can. So yeah. you can't control the medical disease, but I can control the way I respond. I can control trying to find a new job, trying to find something to, to, to be fulfilling. Uh, that's on me, right? And, and and ultimate accountability is a wonderful, liberating thing to have. If you if your whole life you just can come back to, well, ultimately it's my fault. If my kids are upset and they've got a problem, well, if I start with it's my fault, am I spending enough time with them? Am I investing in their well-being? And if the answer to that is yes, then it's it is literally outside my control. So I, I just have to let that go and let it you know ride out. Uh, so it's it's to you know, to to not control the things that we can't because that's just where anxiety and and uh, poor decision making lives, yeah. and to and to control the things I can, which is me, which is the only thing you can control is yourself. And there must be a lot of self awareness involved in that too, considering you've gone to very highly successful driven places of work you know the speaker circuit that business over in Afghanistan did you acknowledge that at some point it was pretty important to you to be a successful person success is the habit you're trained to in the air force it's a 98% success rate uh, because of the consequence of poor yeah. performance yeah. <laughs> well that 2% doesn't really qualify that's that's yeah. you're out we you're... laugh because we're nervous it's 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 that's, it's a that's bad right consequence. and if you, yeah yeah and if you think of you know, you fly 100 missions and two of them are unsuccessful. That's two jets and two pilots. And when you've only got oh. 60 of them, you're not – that's yeah. uh, you know, very quickly in every one of those jets is $150 million. So, so, so that is the level of, of consequence we deal with. Where it, and you, you, you translate that across into business where you're looking mm. at a success rate of around 30 40% because sure. no one's really concerned about the outcome. So, so no, one, no, one's, no one's trained in the habit. There is no such – a qualification at university, which is the get things done PhD, right? It's, no. it's all about thinking and and contemplating. And whilst that's really important, as a fighter pilot, we have to do both. And we're the only profession where you have to create strategy and execute it because 
we, we build the plans, we plan the wars, and we hop in the airplane and then fly. So we know that it's super important to build strategies that people can actually do rather than strategies that are a great idea. But when it filters down to the do layer, everyone's like, what the hell is this? This is crazy. This is never going to happen. Hmm. And, the, and, and the excuse matrix comes out. Oh, the dog ate my homework. Oh, it was, it was the it was the supplier's fault. They you know they ran late. Oh, they didn't bring the product to us in time. And and yeah, companies get lost in external excuses, and that that's like shadow boxing. There's nothing you can do because it's kind of true, but it's also kind of an excuse. So it's, you you end up with this beigeness that exists year to year. Oh, I love this. Yeah, I love this. So I, interesting. For leaders yeah. out there that are listening, for business owners, for people that are actually in that decision-making process, take on, take on board this because I mm. think that we do sit there and we're almost crippled by the fact of indecision or not actually yeah. making decisions around what we're doing uh, or we take too long. Because the stakes aren't high enough, Well, the are stakes they? aren't high enough. Yeah. We're talking a $150 million plane. We're talking about lives, lives. here every single time Families. that they go up. It's You put that on the on the table. If you mm. put that at risk, then, you know, think that you and, – and I imagine, Boo, as a – as a fighter pilot too and as a business leader and a business coach, you're mitigating risk all the time, but you're not doing it over a period of time. You're doing it at a very split-second decisions around how and what you've got to do because the, the consequences are enormous. Exactly right. And when it comes to risk from a fighter pilot, it's something that changes minute by minute and you can't decide what the risk is in the planning of a mission. Then you go fly it and you stick, stick back to that plan because it's changed all of a sudden you know the plan was we do this and then something happens you're not yep. expecting this happens in the movie uh, i'm not going to give it away oh, no. don't give it away yet it's only uh, out tonight <laughs> it's out tonight <laughs> but, but the key is, is is that you're able to react to that very very quickly and the quicker you react and you, again translate it into business hmm. that's what makes companies competitive and that's why digital juggernauts exist because they adapt quickly they sure. because because they're successful they bring the right people into the business and everyone wants to be part of something that wins. Everyone likes to be on the winning team. So, so through the methodologies that we teach organizations and coach them through, it flicks a switch. It's like a circuit breaker into creating this winning mindset all of a sudden. And very quickly you see this momentum build. And you know, just, just recently, uh, last week I worked with a client and after four weeks they, they were, they were stacking another three, four million uh, a year into their business just by thinking differently with this fighter pilot mindset. It happened yeah. that quickly. Amazing. Uh, so, so that that's really the that's the fuel now for me in life is to to work with people to see that outcome and to see how happy it makes them. Like they are literally bounding into the office in the morning. The okay. same people that that eight weeks earlier were like shuffling in, and and, and to see that potential unleashed is yeah that that's. That's incredibly powerful for me. And and now that's my purpose now is to do more of that goodness. Every business, every government around the world, Boo, recently has had probably the equivalent of an impossible challenge or a mission that they needed to get through with the pandemic. Have you been watching on and thinking to yourself who really performed well through that time? I think uh, Zelensky, president of uh, (laughs) Ukraine, is probably the standout. Uh, at the moment, and why? Because he's action orientated, and he's very honest, and he calls everything as it as it exists. Like there's no ambiguity around him. Yeah, you know, he's if it's good news or bad news, he is a very open and, and what uh, what we call that is radically transparent. And radical transparency 
is a mindset. Well, it's not really mindset. It's a way. It's a cultural kind of uh, element to organisations that are really successful. Okay. In that, within their team and the people they serve, good news or bad, it's out there because you can deal with it. Yeah. And when you can deal with it, you can, can you can move forward. And the more you deal with it, the less the less of a problem they are. They're smaller problems that you're solving. A big problem or a big failure in a business or businesses that even go out of business, that doesn't happen overnight. It's like the autoimmune, it's coming. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. on its way. And, and organizations with fight or fire mindset, which is always checking in every day, how are we going? Are we still getting the results that we need? You know, <laughs> my David Jones needs a bit of this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is the business model we have and we've always been doing working for us or not? That's the question you've got to ask. And, and it, there's plenty of businesses, you know, Kodak, for example, that didn't do, didn't have that feedback loop. They just drank their own bathwater. Um, <laughs> is that the same? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. You throw the baby out with the bathwater, oh, don't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you stick to the fire. Drink your own Kool Aid. You stick Drink to the, the fire. You stick, you stick to fire pilot. You stick to the fire pilot stuff. We'll stick to the words. Oh, hey, oh, you uh, reckon we're good at it? No, no, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> now, listen. I need to know who would be your mm. wingman, Boo. We've just had a change of government. Federal elections happened. Uh, we've seen Scott Morrison depart, uh, elbows in. Who would be your wingman if you had a choice right now? Would you bring back Scott Morrison or is it Anthony Albanese? Sorry to get political on you. That's all right, mate. But uh, one of the other things we're trained as fighter pilots is to be completely apolitical. So whoever's, <laughs> uh, whoever's, whoever's there, mate, we'll just make it work. You do whatever either one says because the people have spoken. I hey, love it. If they cut your funding, though, look out. There's just a little hint Ooh. about what's to look, come. Look, I think... Again, it's one of those, you know, yeah, there's so much news, there's so much badness out there. I think if you have your own purpose, your own centre of gravity, you know exactly where you want to go as an individual, you just cut through all that noise and, and you get there, you get the right people on board and magic happens. So so I think they've all got big challenges to fight. We are in, we're in a world that's very complex for them to manage. You know, I certainly wouldn't want to be a politician. I don't think you can, anyone can really win in that game. Mm. Uh, so, so for the rest of us, you know, we just got to, live to our purpose, find the things that mean something to us, look after the people who are close to us and just get on with our own lives. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Legend. Ah, what an words. inspiring half hour. Yeah, good mm. words, definitely. And I, I don't think, you know, and I and this to your credit, Bert, I'm about to give you the big pump up here. But the, for an opportunity, once in 35 years, you know, mm. in, and as Boo said, not a lot of uh, fighter pilots out there that are on speed dial to, for media to work with. But I'll, I'll say this to you, Boo, you have been relentless this week. You have been ready, available and willing to speak to everyone. You've done the Today Show. You've done the Sunrise. You've done the Experts podcast now. Oh, that's the, the that, trifecta, isn't that, it? That, that'd have We're to be the highlight. That, that'd have to be the left. highlight. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, nothing left, mate. I'm at the top of my Everest, the media Everest. Well, you've you've finally got to the experts podcast, and you've done very well. But you know what? The challenge, I suppose, is is also to how to continue telling that story as well. And I think for anyone that's out there listening, you know, particularly when you've got an opportunity like Boo's had to work with Top Gun too, but also too to highlight for Boo. And this is where I'm coming in here. Boo is to talk. You've done nothing but just talk about the fighter pilot um, experience and everything like that. But the aftermath of this and, and heading towards Afterburner, your business, 
business. That's the benefit here. Yeah. Because now Boo's now uh, a name that's, you know, getting around. It's very public. Who is this guy and how do I get him to start training my people? Could you, if you wanted to right now, Nick, like to tally up the value of the PR that yep. Boo's had this week, what would it be like? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking in the hundreds of thousands, yeah. in the hundreds of thousands of dollars worth just purely for being there. But it's not just what has appeared this week. It's yeah. what you can use in the social media platforms, what he's going to have on record there. So, Boo, can I just say hats off to you? And also, too, tonight, I know that you're. this is going out uh, on Thursday. You've got the premiere of your of Top Gun 2. You put on a very special charity program show. You've got people coming through. Uh, mate, well done for you because that's a gutsy effort to book out an entire theatre and, and fill it full of people and to support a great cause. Just tell us a little bit about the cause. A wandering warriors. It helps veterans in transition through education, so it helps with higher education pathways, uh, MBAs, uh, and qualifications that allow veterans to secure meaningful employment. Uh, it's a it's a big jump going from the military to the civilian world. It's, yeah. it's, and there's a lot of intangibles about that. You go from a tight knit community to a world that's a little bit more fluid in the way relationships are maintained and how people invest in outcomes. So that's an area where where veterans struggle with. And, and my journey of, of, a, of transition is something that I'm excited to, to share that with veterans. So Wandering Warriors is the, is the charity. Uh, all the proceeds for this evening uh, go to that and uh, it will, you know, it'll, it'll be well spent and we're going to bring some amazing people uh, from defence and put them into uh, great employment in the civil sector. Awesome. Brilliant work, mate. Brilliant work, and, and hats off to you. Well, Carms, um, look, the uh, it's a it's a negative ghostwriter. The pattern is full. Uh, that's the <laughs> podcast is full. Um, oh, look, you both have seen the film. I haven't seen it yet. I'm look, desperate to see it. Go tonight. Nick. I'm go going check tonight. It out. And 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 you know, reports back from my friends with adult kids have said like kids have gone to the movie and never even seen the first one. They've even still loved watching this one in isolation. So get along and see it on the big screen. You'll be blown away. Brilliant. And Boo, Boo, if people want to get in contact with you, how's what's the best way to do it? Uh, just reach out, callmeboo.com, and from there you can find Afterburner, you can find me, we can go on a great adventure of, uh, of performance and, and help people surpass their expectations they set for themselves. Brilliant work. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Well done, and what a, what a, what a podcast to have on Top Gun Week. Hi, Thanks, 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 Cohen. All right. Thank you. See Thanks, you, Boo. And uh, look, uh, next week we've got another expert and another media, but I tell you what I'm doing right now, comes. I'm racing off to see the movie. Get in the danger zone. Get into the danger zone. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.